more than 150 frontline staff at Auckland Hospital's emergency department have signed a complaint to management saying chronic staff shortages are exposing them to unacceptable risk. The complaint has been signed by doctors, nurses and healthcare assistants and lodged under the Health and Safety at Work Act, warning hospital bosses that, quote, safe staffing levels are being, quote, consistently breached. They say the ratio of nurses to patients should be no more than one to four, but this is consistently breached, putting both staff and patients at risk. Nico Woodward, Woodward is a nurse in Auckland Hospital's emergency department and New Zealand Nurses Organisation delegate and one of the signatories to the complaint. Tenakwe Nico, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. And with us too is Anne Daniels, President of the New Zealand Nurses Organisation and also an emergency department nurse. Kia ora Anne. Kia ora, how are you? Nico, could you begin? You're, you're working as a nurse in Auckland Hospital's emergency department. Can you tell us about the pressures that work, that are happening in ED, beyond those that are part and parcel? What's happening? Well, it's not just me working under um, pressure. Like It's all of our workforce across the Motu, and I don't think this is necessarily unique to Auckland, um, uh, to, 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 to my um, um this section kind of we've been dissatisfied with the efforts made by employer to address the chronic understaffing um, of nursing on all shifts um, and the understaff and the unsafe working environment it's been creating for us, our colleagues, and our patients. Um, kind of we're being exposed every day to hazards and risks by the short staffing, and you know while we are short, we do do a great job with the resources we have, and we do have a fantastic team. I will just you know, I want to say that I want to. Um, um, uh, just highlight like our staff are amazing um, but when we're short staffed it's really hard to support each other on top of our own loads so you know breaks get missed, tasks get delayed, frustrations boil over and this winter I'm not going to lie has been particularly bad with you know, the department going weeks with not dipping below 100% occupancy um, so you know going into your, your night shift you know usually it usually uh, load goes down a little bit but you know you're still at 3-4 in the morning and it's still over 100% um, and it just makes it an extremely challenging place to uh, to to work in. Nico, I hear what you're saying, and I, we always need to acknowledge this: um, that amazing work is being done. But can you describe what it's like to be working at this pace in what is already an intense environment? Is there just no let up ever? Are you just feeling like you're on the, the you know the, the the mouse wheel all the time? What's the experience like? I mean that example is a great one. You know, feeling like you're in a hamster wheel, just just churning through, and you know, like the the adrenaline levels run because you're just constantly you feel like you're running all the time, and that just doesn't feel very good at all. When um, you know, we want to provide the best care that we can to patients, um, but you know, we have to we're we're not able to see people as quickly as we would like. Um, you know, treatment get does get delayed at times because we're not able to get to people in time. And you know, the main thing is you know we need breaks. You know, because you need to be able to stop, charge, refresh, but you just can't. Um, and that's, and you know, we want to be able to support each other, but sometimes there is just not that support to cover people for breaks, to you know, to help each other out. Um, and it is a team environment, and sometimes we just, um, it's really hard to do that. Is it just breaks, or are there times where you find yourself doing something that you shouldn't have to do because someone else should be doing it, but they're not there, and you have to do it? Is that happening? Um, I mean, like we. I wouldn't say that we, you know, we um, that we're we're not 
doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Like we are, you know, we're taking on loads that are um, becoming unsafe and that leads to, you know, longer wait times and an ED does like lead to worse outcomes for our patients. That's well known. Um, but we, you know, we, we really are trying to, doing our best here. It's just uh, we work in a very challenging environment and it is not easy. 150 signatories to this complaint. How indicative is that of the mood of most, if not all, staff? Is that a high proportion of staff? Well, our our full FTE, which is supposedly what we're supposed to be aiming for, is around 194. So that is a vast majority of staff having um, signed that. So yes. How would you describe morale? And it's an unhelpful word in some ways. Um, um, but, you know, how would you describe how many people are feeling? I think there's not that many people at all who feel positive about how things are at the moment. I mean, like I was talking to a colleague yesterday who admittedly has just come back from leave and is feeling a bit refreshed after a six-week leave. But um, before that was saying it was the worst that they'd ever experienced and they've been here for a very long time and have been considering leaving. And that is a very common story where people are looking across the ditch where there is higher pay, there's better conditions, and um, they're like, well, why am I putting up with this when I can go somewhere else um, and have it a bit easier. A key part of the complaint is the consistent breaching of the nurse-to-patient ratio. Now, I understand that that was part of the um, negotiations with the government. Everyone was focused on pay, but a lot of it was about the safety component of the, of the contract. Where did all that get to? What is the status of the nurse-to-patient ratio? Um, well, I mean, our... Our collective agreement that was negotiation specifically did not include a safe staffing okay. um, um, clause, which for I think for a lot of nurses, myself included, that was um, a reason that people it was a very close vote and mm. we voted against um, that. But ultimately, it was passed, but that was not included. But I might defer that question to Anne. Uh, and let's to bring Anne. you in yeah. here. What is the status of the nurse to patient ratio? Then that's still something many nurses want to see brought in. But at the moment, it is still a, um, it is not legally binding, or what, Anne? Yeah. So Nico is quite right. Uh, we tried to put it on the table in our last negotiations with Tafata Ora, um, but they blatantly refused to even start the discussion, um, and that is why it wasn't part and parcel of the um, contract. So the status right now is that the New Zealand Nurses Organisation has been very, very clear. We need more nurses and a hell of a lot more nurses. And right now, Tafata Ora in their own health workforce plan has identified that we need nearly 14,000 um, more registered nurse, enrolled nurses and midwives to actually keep us at a standstill up until 2032. Um, previous uh, attempts from NZNO in 2001 to put nurse patient ratios um, on uh, within the system were uh, rejected by the government of the day. So right now, we are being very, very clear. Nurse patient ratio legislation is a major priority for us as a union. And the reason for that is that successive governments and nurse employers have completely and totally 
they let us down by not actually engaging in this space. Okay. And the result is the unsafe work environment, the huge workloads, the unsafe staffing that we have. And we have to go down the legislation pathway because they, the government and nurse employers, have consistently not met memorandums of understandings and contracts regarding uh, a program called CCDM. Um, which was an attempt to try and get safe staffing into hospitals. but So there's the, an in-principle ratio that's understood, but it's not been legislated for. Okay. Just, I'll, come yeah, back to, that is correct. I'll come back to you, Anne. Uh, Nicole, can I just yeah. come back? The, the current pressure that staff are talking about and have been talking about for some months, is it because you are losing staff and staff numbers are even lower, or is it because we've just got this combo, this kind of post-pandemic combo, um, and, and, and multiple complexities, including people coming to ED who perhaps could be going somewhere else. Can you put your finger on what's what's made it even more stressful than previously? I think um, all of the above. I mean, I don't think there is any one thing that is um, driving this. I mean, we are seeing more patients coming through. We're seeing um, sicker patients, people delay coming with delayed presentations, um, with multiple issues, um, we're seeing increased mental health presentations. You know, people with on uh, alcohol, drugs. You know, there's just like there's, there's staff burnout, there's staff leaving. As I said before, there's lots going over to Australia. Other changing jobs, leaving the profession entirely. Um, and so, you know, there, there's not one thing that is driving it. It is a combination of everything. And you know, COVID, the pandemic, didn't create these problems. It just ripped the band-aid off a seeping wound basically. Okay. So back to the complaint which is a health and safety complaint based on health and safety legislation so it's about staff well-being. Um, have you had any response yet? I, I read that there's a week for, for managers to respond in some way. Has there been a response? Um, there has been a response and while our managers um, have acknowledged that this is an issue um, and you know they they do do um, what they can with the resources they have available they haven't they have specifically said that they cannot address this um, these those uh, recommendations yeah. directly. Okay, let's talk about what they have told us in a statement, including that earlier this month we received recommendations on how to improve our ED and uh, clinical decision unit, CDU, from our nursing kaimahia, nursing staff. We've been working with teams to manage challenges. We've met them regarding recommendations. We've either implemented or are working towards implementing a range of short and longer-term solutions. Um, there's a much longer statement I'm not going to read, but to cut a long story short, is this Band-Aid stuff, pardon the pun, and, and is it happening? Is, it, is anything happening to try and get through the immediate pressures, Nico? I mean, there are there is definitely things that are happening, um, but you know they are they they don't seem enough, and that is partly why we've issued this health and safety recommendation because like it's it is not enough um, and we would like to see more done um, and you know we were told that we've we've reached our F, um, our recruitment for our FTE but that there is a lag in that um, so some of and we're told that maybe that'll be three six months away before that is fixed but in that same time we have churn we have staff turnover um, and people leaving because they're just you know they're, they're sick of it um, and so you know that that doesn't it doesn't quite address um, what we're what we're calling for. What would it take 
given that we're something like 5,000 nurses short, it's estimated, four to 5,000 nurses short right across the, right across the health system. What's yeah. it going to st- take to stop your hospital and others going backwards faster than they can go forwards, Nico? I mean, I think basically every lever um, should be trying to be pulled um, and from right from, you know, at our nurse level. And that's what part of this health and safety recommendation is about, is using as using legislation that's available to us as um, as workers to pull some extra levers. But that's us doing that and more needs to be done at, um, at a higher level as well to retain, well, not just recruit staff, but also retain staff because, you know, just recruiting more staff to replace the ones that leave does nothing for the working conditions of the people who remain. And that is a big problem as well, that we just don't have, our working conditions are not sufficient to keep us in the job. There's no ability, I imagine, to move, to bring staff in from other areas because then what happens? You just exacerbate the staffing pressures some other hospital or some other part of the health system is under, right? I mean, that is a lever that could be pulled where, you know, it was done during um, Hawke's Bay uh, uh, when the after the cyclones where the staff were deployed down there to mm. assist with that. I mean, that is another lever that could be looked at. Um, and so that is, that's always an option. OK, thank you. And Daniel's back to you. Uh, this is one of our biggest hospitals, of course. Uh, how common is what it's experiencing around the whole system, around the whole country? It's absolutely the same. Nico is right. This is right across the Motu. Um, EDs right around the country have been in this situation. And I would like to actually point out that most tertiary or um, city hospital EDs have now, over the last two years, um, submitted provisional notices of improvement to um, under the Health and Safety and Employments Act to work safe with very, very little change. Um, to Fata Ora um, is den- in a state of denial. Um, they are denying or not conceding that there is a safety issue. And they have done that in the courts of this land not um, so long ago. They are stating that workloads are challenging at times, but they're not actually acknowledging that the workloads in the EDs are challenging all the time, 24-7. They are putting the onus on the individual nurse for uh, creating a safe work environment when the individual nurses have no power and control about how many nurses should be there or what the resources are. Let's just pause then, because you said creating yeah. a safe work environment, but that's for the patient, right? Not with this complaint no, is about. about it, go ahead. No, it's for both the nurse and yeah. the um, patient. The the so, employer. So they, so they are denying, as far as you're concerned, that there is a health and safety issue for the staff themselves. I've acknowledged that it is challenging at times. It's a different matter. That's words. a different matter. I've got these words in a statement in front of me. We acknowledge that at times staffing in our ED, CDU, has been very challenging, especially over the last six months. But that is a different yeah. matter from acknowledging whether there is a safety issue. You mentioned WorkSafe. Absolutely. Has WorkSafe shown yeah. any interest in, in investigating? Um, WorkSafe work is required under the law to investigate. But my experience, which is is quite wide in this area because I am a health and safety rep in my own ED and I have actually um, worked with um, health and safety reps across the country who have put in provisional improvement notices. And they all say um, 
without uh, any kind of, um, well, what's the word, without actually saying any uh, anything different, that once WorkSafe is told by Tafata Aura that they have a plan to actually sort this out, they withdraw the pin immediately and nothing further happens. So WorkSafe was set up for um, industries like forestry and and um, mining they do not understand the health sector and right now WorkSafe itself is going through a restructure and losing staff so their ability to do their job their ability the capability of doing it in the health sector is extremely poor so Right now, this is why we are going for nurse-patient ratio legislation, because Health and Safety and Employment Act is not providing us with the safety that it should. The, the problem is, is no government's in. going to legislate when it's four or 5,000 nurses short and then makes itself liable no. in actionable cases. And there's, there's kind of an... A- yeah, there's kind of an out under the health and safety, well, a potential out for them, which which refers to um, uh, refers to reasonably practicable uh, actions, and and part of the reasonably pa- practical action is ways and means to eliminate or minimise the hazard or risk. Yes. <laughs> that means having more nurses, right? Yes, it does. And unfortunately, Tafara Or is not taking all reasonable and practical actions. What else could it do, even with the workforce well, as it is now? What are some of the other levers? One of the very, very simple levers that it could do is go to the government for, for more funding. So Nico mentioned that um, Tafara Ora has informed the um, members in the Auckland Hospital that they are going to be fully recruited within six months. This is a major issue because they are fully recruited to their budgeted FTE. That means the amount of money that the government gives them to hire the nurses is capped. It doesn't mean that the number of nurses they need to provide safe care is being recruited to because they are not recruiting enough nurses to do the job. Tafata Aura can go to the government and ask for adequate funding to actually hire more nurses so that the job can be done so safely. So you believe it's, one- it's not the global shortage of nurses that's the barrier or the fact we've got to wait for a whole lot to be trained. It, there's a funding gap. It is a funding problem. And there's the other issue. Nurses don't want to go to work when they're going to be put, they have their registration put at risk because they are too tired to actually make safe decisions or they'll make a mistake with medication. There are 150,000 nurses registered in this country. There are 70,000 nurses who take, who renew their registration on an annual basis. And of those, NZNO has 60,000 in their union. So we've got another 100, well, uh, 70-odd thousand nurses who are not out there working. And why not? Because it's unsafe. They are going to, they're they're not just leaving nursing to go to Australia, they're leaving nursing full stop. Because they became nurses because they wanted to care for people. Super quickly, there's the, pro, there's the yeah. cost and the time it takes to, to register or re-register. Do you believe a really focused, funded intervention could bring a proportion of that workforce on stream reasonably quickly? 
Yes, we need that, but we also need it, need legislated nurse patient ratios because they won't come that back. Will... They won't come back without it. Okay, thank you, Anne. Thank yeah. you very much, Anne Daniels, who's the New Zealand Nurses Organisation president. Thanks also to Nico Woodward, who is one of the signatories of 150 frontline staff at Auckland Hospital's emergency department who have signed this health and safety uh, complaint. Uh, I did mention the statement earlier. It's quite lengthy from Tofata Ora. Uh, we invited them to respond to the issues raised in this interview. They declined. The statement is from Mike Shepard, Group Director of Operations, uh, Te Tokatumai, Auckland. He acknowledges that at times staffing in ED and CDU has been very challenging, especially over the last six months, blaming high demand, staff vacancy, staff turnover and leave impacting the daily running of the unit. He says Tofota Ora has been providing staff from across the hospital to support ED and have either implemented or are working towards a range of solutions to to help alleviate the challenges.